I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. He's the head football coach at Weber State University. He's our friend Jay Hill. What's going on, Coach? Hi, guys. What's up? Oh, man. We're uh, we're we're just uh, trying to talk some sports. The NFL is starting tonight, which is awesome. Gordon, of course, picked the Chiefs because they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl. And I, I'm just excited to watch a little football tonight, to be honest. Well, that's a good pick, Gordon. I think that they're going to be the favorite in most games. So. See, Jay, here's the thing. I mean, I make a pick based on how good the team is. And then Jake makes fun of me for picking the better team. But that's why that's why I always pick Weber to beat whoever they're playing that week. Well, I appreciate that for sure. I appreciate that. But yeah, the Chiefs—they're probably a good safe pick. Although the Rams didn't follow up their Super Bowl very good last year, so no. Yeah, you never know. We we tease him, Coach, because he's the type of guy who picks all number one seeds in the NCAA <laughs> tournament bracket. That's why we tease him. Well, there's there's a reason why they're the one seed. I guess I'm I'm probably guilty of that most years too. So, <laughs> well, let's let's talk a little football and uh, just just tell us, Coach, what's life like in your world right now with you and your players? How are you know how's I guess modus operandi right now? Well, in a way, it sucks because last week I was, I don't want to say depressed, but it sucked watching college football on Saturday knowing that we were supposed to be playing that day and you're not. And in a way, we still don't know why we're not playing. And so it just, it's frustrating. But at the same time, this has been a great time off because the NCAA has introduced this 12-hour work week to us where we can do some skill development with a ball, and we can get our guys out there for a little more time than normally we could in the spring. And so there's actually a lot of fun, good stuff we've been able to come up with, but it's still not the same as playing, obviously. So, Jay, you, you use some terminology there that I think is interesting because Ryan Day had had uh, written something out that he was confused and the communication was poor between the conference and him, not really understanding everything, the position of the conference versus what he wanted to get done as a as a football coach. Is Do you feel that way about what's going on with Weber? Oh, absolutely. See, the biggest frustration we had to go through, there there was no communication because nobody knew anything. I mean, it's not like the president could come and communicate with the football coach or the AD could communicate with the football coach because nobody knew. The presidents didn't know. The ADs didn't know. Commissioners didn't know. And you're waiting for health departments to kind of give us some instruction or guidelines or something. And and what we were experiencing in Utah was completely different than what they were experiencing in Washington and California and Colorado. And it's just nobody knew. And the the not knowing was the most frustrating part. Um, and it still is in a way. 
How are your players handling it, Coach? How are how are they doing, not only through the football situation, but just in general? I mean, this has been hard on everybody, including young people. Well, um, i got to give kudos to the players because I think they're handling it about as good as possible. They've come to work most days with a smile on their face and just understanding that nobody knows what's going on. And if we get to play in the spring, great. We better be ready. And uh, that's a hard ask, quite frankly, for the players because you're, you're telling them they got to bust their butt and they got to lift weights and they got to go run and they got to do all this, but we don't know what for necessarily or when. Uh, I think they've handled it about as good as could be expected, but it's an issue. I mean, to say that they're 100% go hun- just go, be hungry and get after it every day, I mean, that's, it's probably unrealistic at this point until we have some direction on what we're doing. So what has your team been up to? We understand they've been doing some service projects and things like that. How, how are they staying busy? Well, Tuesday morning was crazy. We all, I mean, I got up, I'm driving to work, every street light's out, trees are down across the road, there's debris everywhere, and we get to the field and there was 70 mile an hour winds blowing across the field for our morning workout, so we ended up canceling, sending the players home, school got canceled, and we're sitting in limbo again, like COVID had us for all the last couple months, and I was tired of it, so... I sent a message out to all the players that I wanted them to go do service, find a tree, find a uh, elderly lady that they could help do something, take a picture of it and send it to me so that I knew somebody, everybody was doing something productive that day. And then later that day, I had like 15 guys come and help me uh, cut down some trees in the neighborhood just down the street from my house. And we helped a couple elderly couples and a couple people that had no chance of getting rid of these trees and what had happened devastation-wise across the city. And uh, to put a smile on people's faces and to let them know we were out there trying to make a difference and to care was such a huge deal for our players to see that they could actually still make a difference even though football wasn't being played. Jake has a tree down in his yard. I do. Uh, yep, yeah. I've got one down. I still don't have power, Coach. Well, we don't have power either. My wife and I, we're, we're, we had to go get a little generator to keep our fridge and freezer from spoiling everything. So we are without power as well. Yeah, it's no fun. Uh, Jay Hill, head coach nope. at Weber State, with us uh, here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And I would imagine, Coach, that this situation would be frustrating regardless of uh, what uh, kind of team you thought you had coming in. But uh, it's got to be hard because you were kind of set up to have a pretty good year, I think, this year. Well, I think we still are. You know, as soon as we get to play, all all the seniors have been awarded their year back. And basically, if we get to play in the spring, it's a free. However many games we get to play, it's free for them. And so this team is excited about being together. There's a lot of returning starters. we got talent on both sides of the ball. And, uh, yeah, it's got a chance to be a special team, assuming they continue to come together the way they're supposed to and handle the next four or five months the way we should we got a chance to be really good. So, Jay, did you have a chance to watch what BYU did to Navy? I'm interested from a from a football coach's frame of mind what you saw there and how you interpreted that. Well, I was very impressed with BYU, their physicality. I think they're ever bit as good up front as everyone said they were. I mean, their offensive line is elite. They got up in their front seven on defense. They're so many elite players in that area. 
Uh, I liked the play calling. I thought they were aggressive on both sides of the ball and did a good job tackling for a first game, going up against an option first game. Um, so, I mean, they, they looked super good in all aspects to me. Jay Hill is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Um, you know, it's kind of been the bread and butter of some of your teams and uh, and some Utah teams you coached on, certainly. But uh, in this year's BYU team, you mentioned the, the guys up front. When you have a, an offensive line that, that really is good and has played together for a while, how much does that make everybody else on the team look? Oh, yeah. It starts with that crew. I, I know they go unrecognized a lot and – People overlook him, and, you know, to be a quarterback or running back is maybe a little more sexy. And But it starts with the offensive line because they are the mindset of your team, and if they're tough and nasty and great players, you got a chance to be really good. And that's what BYU looks like. they got they got some horses up front. Those guys are great players. They get a lot of recognition, but it looked like it was much deserved. And uh, I'll, I'll say this. I think Kalani's done a great job with that coaching staff. You know, with Aaron Roderick and, and Fessy Sataki, Steve Clark, some of those guys that I was really close with, and on the defensive side of the ball, Elisa, Preston Hadley, Ed Lamb. I mean, those, the Gennaro Guilford, I mean, they, he's put together, in my opinion, a very good staff to do what they did on Saturday. They look great, and I'm leaving out coaches, but that staff I thought did a great job getting those guys ready to play that first game. So, Jay, I'm wiping the slate clean, and you're, you're starting a football team, and I'm going to give you the choice of you can have the best quarterback in the country, you can have the best offense. Maybe I should eliminate quarterback, but I'll throw it in there anyway. The best offensive line in the country or the best defensive line in the country, the best uh, linebackers, the best defensive backfield, the best running backs, which which uh, which unit are you going to start with? Well, that's a tough one, but I would say up front because uh, you, you watched Utah last year. They had that dominating, just dominating defensive line, and then all of a sudden, all their DBs are NFL guys because frick, they got they're playing behind that defensive line that was so elite. And you watched what BYU's offensive line did the other day. I just think I I really believe football starts up front, and you watched it. A good example, the Baltimore Ravens, when they won the Super Bowl, they they had an okay quarterback, and they weren't putting up very many points, but they were so elite up front on defense that year that, man, they, it's just like the quarterback, all he had to do was go in there and manage the game. And quite frankly, that's how we were last year. We were elite up front, and we just had to go manage games and, and not screw it up, and that's what we did, and, you know, we had a good year, so... I really believe it starts with those guys. You can have the best quarterback in the country, but if you can't protect him and he's just getting drilled, you're only going to have him for a couple games anyway. So, Jay, if you're going, to, if you're going up against, and you, you, I'm sure you face this on more than a few occasions, when you know you're better than the team you're going against and you have that kind of offensive front up there, are you just going to power them until they're demoralized and they're about to give up? Is that what you do and not fiddle-faddle around with some of the cuter parts of offensive football? Well, I think it's both. I really believe because you gotta you gotta instill your physicality and what you're better than them at. And I thought BYU, that's why I thought BYU did such a good job is they still were hitting them with play actions and screens and keeping them honest. But the reality is they ran for the 200 yards in the first half and the damage was done. And 
they were running for 10 yards of carry there for a minute. And just everything they were doing was establishing their dominance, but also keeping Navy on their toes. I think it's both. I think it's both. Coach, uh, Scotty G jumped on our show and made some uh, programming announcements uh, for our football coverage, including uh, you are a part of that. Uh, you and Coach Anderson are going to be on with uh, Scotty and Hans for an hour on Fridays. Um, now that you and Coach A are, are co-hosts, how's that? Uh, what, what's kind of going to be the vibe of the show? <laughs> well, that's fun for me just because, Coach Anderson's one of those guys that I look up to the very most. He was actually the coach that recruited me to the University of Utah back when I was a player. And so that relationship's been good over the last 20 years. Uh, I look forward to it. I wish we were playing football, obviously. But um, to, get on a, to get in on a Friday and talk football and just, uh, you know, be with Scotty and Hans, I think this will be fun. And I think that it can be very informative to the fans, too, on – maybe some insights that we normally wouldn't be able to give during the season. Uh, maybe we can give some insights there that we normally wouldn't. Jay, are you one of those guys that as you went through the coaching ranks, you're just like picking the minds of the coaches around you, and how beneficial is that? Did you take notes? Do you have a notebook of all the stuff that you learned? I, in my office on the shelf, I'll, I've, I'll bet I've got 25 yellow notepads full of stuff that I took when I was a young player or graduate assistant, quotes that Coach Witt would give or Urban Meyer would give or little tidbits uh, McBride would give, and I I would write down that stuff. I take notes on books that I read. So, yeah, I mean, I got notes laying all over my office on crap that I can still go back through and look at, and it's amazing how much that stuff recirculates. Uh, there for a while, quarters coverage went out of style and we were playing more cover three. And then, and then all of a sudden quarters is back in style now and hardly anyone's playing one high safety looks. And anyway, it's all cyclical. It goes back and forth and it's still the game of football. And so to, to be able to refer back to those notes has been invaluable for me. Well, Jay, you sure coach like you learned a few things along the way. I'll tell you that. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, Coach, we look forward to hearing you tomorrow with Coach Anderson. I thought it was a, it's a great idea. Look forward to the show, and we love having you on our show. So thank you so much for coming on. Well, you guys are big time, just like the show says. I can't wait to keep listening to you. Well, thanks, Coach. You're the best. There you go. Jay Hill, head coach at Weber State, with us here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, yeah, one heck of a football coach, uh, Gordon, and one heck of a good dude to admire what he's done there at, at Weber State. Um, you you remember, this was back when you and I were, were hosting together the first time, what a disaster it was when the John L. Smith hire went south and jo- Jody Sears was kind of a, a last-minute person that nobody had ever heard of that they hired and that didn't go well for a couple of years and when coach hill picked it up man there was a lot of building to do and now he's doing things uh, repeatedly that we've never seen at weber state before but he knows how to recruit he knows how to get the right players that are a good fit for his program and that that is every coach at the college level that i've talked with brings that up anyone worth his salt brings that up immediately you got to get the right players. And then once you do get and it's different for every program, uh, at least different levels of college football. And Jay knew exactly where to go and what to do and how to put that thing together. And then, like I said before, he coaches them up real good. And yeah. we see the result. 